Thank you for listening to Done Not Perfect. It's your host, Christine Fierce. You guys already know what to do to keep the podcast free. Like, comment, subscribe, share with friends. Hello. Well, that's embarrassing. I took my glasses <laughs> off and I think I pulled the wrong number, which I totally did, the 970. Oh, whoops. Sorry about that. Oh, don't be sorry. I was like, oh, God, she hates me. <laughs> no, I, I feel bad. I'm like, what? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. So I'm here. <laughs> um, I have to say your headshot is just absolutely beautiful. Oh, thank you. We had a good photographer. And hello, business owner, lawyer, wife, and mother. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a lot. I mean, juggling that, that's, you're like master juggler. Yeah. I mean, I, it's one day at a time, right? You're just trying to figure it out and how to do it all. But um, yeah, I guess here I am. Yes. Well, I mean, we went to Christian school together in elementary, right? Yes. I mean, we've known each other a long time. A but long I saw time. your when we were on the Zoom call the other day, I was like, she seriously hasn't aged in 18 years. <laughs> I thought the same thing for you, though. <laughs> I think you're going backwards, honestly. You are so kind. <laughs> <laughs> so are you ready to just jump on in it? Sure. Let's do this. Sweet. Okay. So why don't you tell us about yourself, Courtney? Yeah, so um, I grew up in a really small town in Wyoming. Um, I think from the moment I realized there was a bigger world out there, I wanted to be outside of a small town. Um, I went to university at the University of Wyoming and did a four-year degree there, still not having a freaking clue what I wanted to do with my life, um, but thought that I wanted to move to Denver because, you know, it's the big city. Um, I made it about six months in Denver, realized big cities are not for me <laughs> and decided to go live this like ski bum, snowboarding bum lifestyle in the mountains. Um, so I moved up to Vail, Colorado. Um, and I was intending originally just to spend one season here working for the ski resort, you know, hanging out, messing around and then go to law school. And when you're turned into three, uh, before I finally made it back to Wyoming for law school. And then um, throughout law school, I just kept visiting the Vail area and eventually met my husband. Did and you go to UW for your? Yep, okay. I did. Yeah, they, um, they have a deal where if you graduated from a Wyoming high school and you still have parents that live in Wyoming, they will give you undergraduate or not undergraduate, sorry, in-state tuition. And so when I was applying to law schools and I found out that fact, I couldn't really pass up that no. opportunity in Wyoming. <laughs> no, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, so. We know you're smart, but yes, that is a very smart choice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I could have went to school at, you know, DU and spent $40,000 a year um, to get the same exact education. I, Frankly, I think I got a better education in Wyoming because the class sizes were smaller. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I worked, you know, I worked my way through law school. I came, you know, back to Colorado on breaks to, to work. Eventually met my husband. Um, we dated long distance for two years while I was in law school. And then I, you know, moved back out to Vail where he was living. How and did then, you meet? 
Oh, God. <laughs> In a bar. You know, where okay. else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that was like right before like all the dating apps. And I have to say, I'm like so thankful to have escaped that era. Um, <laughs> you know, it just that seems sounds really stressful if you ask it's me. It's exhausting. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I have a really good girlfriend who's on the apps and she has ups and downs. And it's, I just, I would not be able to manage it. So. <laughs> I'm thankful we met the good old fashioned way, drunk in a bar. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, I passed the bar in 2013 and started working for the district attorney's office in Eagle County, Colorado. Um, I started out prosecuting like small time crime, like DUIs, traffic tickets, small time domestic violence stuff. Um, and then worked my way up to handling felony cases. Um, actually co-chaired two homicide trials while I was with the DA's office. Damn. Yeah. I, I say co-chair. I was not first chair. I was like supporting counsel. So, um, but Girl, yeah. watching that shit is stressful. Okay. <laughs> it's heavy. It's heavy. <laughs> and ultimately, um, you know, the outcome of one of those trials is kind of what turned me off from prosecution. Um, you know, like when you're prosecuting a homicide trial, you can get a guilty, right? And the person who did it can go away for a really long time, but that does not bring the the person, the victim back. Right. And family still has to live with that every day. And like, who the heaviness of that and like having to be like up and intimate with that situation, just like, uh, oh, it's a lot to handle. So I decided that I was not going to be a career prosecutor um, and eventually made my exit. Um, it was about the time that Jamie and I got married um, that I took, I, I quit, you know, I resigned from that and um, took some time off so we can, you know, have our wedding and go on a honeymoon and, you know, enjoy that. I know not a lot of people are able to do that, but it was something that was important to us. Um, and then when I came back, uh, I started with the firm that I now currently own. Oh my gosh. You're so badass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, uh, thank you for saying that. It doesn't feel like it when you're in the thick of it, you kind of feel like, you know, there's an open fire hose aimed at your face and you're like, <laughs> how do I turn this off? But, that's a good way to put it because you're like oh, when does this end when yeah. I <laughs> exactly yeah exactly I mean there's the work's never done um in this career it's never done because <laughs> people keep fucking up <laughs> <laughs> well that is just like you can you can't be too prepared you know like the research is endless the the preparation is endless you know Laws change. <laughs> yeah, laws change. Your client does exactly everything you tell them not to do. And you're like digging this, you know, trying to dig yourself out of a hole. And yeah, it's just, it's, it can be, it can be a lot when you're in the thick of it. But I think if you can take a step back and kind of look at the big picture and maybe, you know, look at, you know, your career over a long time, like, did you, my, my thing is like, did I help anybody? That, that's why I went to law school. I wanted to help people. And so if I turn around and I look back with that view, you know, I think I, I can answer yes, I have helped people. And that's what, you know, keeps you going. Yeah. Well, and now you have a little. Oh, now I have a little. 
<laughs> so she's what about a year and a half uh yeah I mean we're about 16 months so yeah in between yeah yeah, yeah. a year and a year and a half yeah so I like how you said in the thick of the pandemic <laughs> yes I feel like pandemic babies though are easy going because I don't know or maybe it's just my baby and the babies that I see on the internet but yeah. I like so go with the flow they're like we're inside we're outside we're they're excited to see people because they don't get to that often and <laughs> yeah totally yeah I thought she would be like really scared of people you know because we spent like pretty much the first year of her life like in our house or just like going on walks you know because it's too afraid to take her anywhere um, right but she is like so social she looks like <laughs> waving at people and like just she's not afraid to go up and say hi or like point out something you know to a complete <laughs> stranger and it's actually it like warms my heart it is good because on the internet you hear people well, what about the babies and I'm like they're doing fine honey they're doing fine <laughs> totally they're so flexible you know and kids are resilient they they adapt and yeah, they're able to go with the flow. You know, I know this probably doesn't apply to all children. Um, but I mean, with a baby as young as ours, um, yeah, I don't really see, you know, I don't really see anything like negative, long lasting as a result of the pandemic. Yeah. How about, is your daughter obsessed with you right now? Oh, yes. Mama, mama, mama. That's one of, I mean, other than no, she just learned no, I would say mama, no, move, maybe three are her favorite words right now. You know, lots of people come to lawyers when they're already in crisis. Um, And that's not ever a good place to be. I mean, that's why I think we get such a bad rap, right? Is because, you know, you are dealing with a lawyer because you're in a situation you don't want to be in. And, um, that sucks. Frankly, you know, you don't want to be spending money on it. You know, you're probably in conflict, whatever. So my advice would be is look to, um, you know, when you're making big decisions in your life or you're looking towards the future, think about uh, getting a legal professional involved. Um, that could be, you know, when you're forming a business, when you're, um, you know, buying a business or starting a business with another person. Um, it could even be when you're getting married, you know, um, getting some advice on how to protect your assets. If you do have assets when, before you get married, um, and then, you know, planning for your eventual death. Um, that would I think be, that's huge. Yeah. People don't think about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I had, uh, so we do some estate planning um, with my firm. You know, when I say estate planning, you know, we, we write wills. Um, we do, you know, powers of attorney for people. We also do advanced healthcare directives, which let your loved ones know, you know, what kind of medical treatment you'd want if you got into a situation where you could make decisions for yourself. And I had an appointment this week with someone we were, you know, going over estate plans and, you know, she made the point to me, it's like, well, yeah, when my mom went through this, you know, with my brother, I guess her brother had some, you know, medical issues. Um, it was really, it was really hard on her to make medical decisions, not having a clue what he'd want. And so, you know, when you plan for your own future, you're actually helping your loved ones, um, you know, out with some really tough decisions. If you've put your wishes down on paper, 
your loved ones can look to that and say, you know, you know, feel confident in the decisions they're making for you and feel like they're doing a good job and respecting your wishes. Um, and to be fair, when you're in that position, you're not thinking how you would on a regular ass day because emotions are high. Oh, totally. Totally. Right. And it's like, you know, I don't know if you've discussed this with your partner, but I mean, do you know whether he wants to be cremated? Do you want to know? Do you know whether he wants to be buried somewhere? Does his family have a burial plot? Like, do you know we that we were so weird? Questions? We used to stay up and talk about that stuff <laughs> once we moved into it with each other. Well, and honestly, I think it all came from having a terrible divorce. Yeah. You know, I was like, there's going to be no rock unturned. <laughs> right. We're so you figure out everything. Yeah. So you came into your new relationship with the, you know, with the, the experience from your prior relationships and, you know, not, not everyone's going to have that same experience or that's like that same. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I know. I know. So, <laughs> divorce can be a blessing and a curse, right? You know, it's a, a break from someone, but it's also, you know, it's not something we envision when we go into a marriage. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it can be heartbreaking. It can be full of grief. Um, you know, someone could have done some really terrible things to you and, you know, there's just a lot of emotion that comes with that, but also a lot of learning and a lot of growth, which, you know, I think you've just articulated, you've brought that into your new relationship. You've used your past experiences to make your present experience something that you want. Oh, I was like, worst case scenario. Like, what if I get in this car accident? Like, I was like the most outlandish scenarios. I'm like, what would I want? And make them guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really good. I mean, that's that those, that would be my advice to people, right? Is have those tough conversations with people. You know, if you're a single individual out there and you've never had that conversation, you know, find your find your friend. If you're close to your parents, talk to your parents about it, but you need to sit down and at, at a bare minimum express what you would want at the end of your life. Um, so that they, they know, and they can feel comfortable making those decisions. And then, you know, to go a step further would be get that in a binding legal document, right? If you don't want to be kept on life support and your mother disagrees with you and you know, you don't have a significant other in your family, then get it in writing Appoint someone to be your medical decision maker that would respect your wishes and follow those documents um, just so you can have that, that peace of mind. And then your family has that peace of mind as well. Like this is what they wanted. We're going to, we're going to do that. So well, that I think be- a lot of people don't even understand what like a living will is. Well, yeah. So that's, that, and that's a good question. Right? I actually hate the term living will. It, it, it doesn't make any freaking sense to me. Um, you know, like a will is your document that says where your property goes when you die. It can also appoint some really important people. So say you have minor children like you and I do, um, your will can appoint, um, a pe- you know, people to take care of your child, um, as well as to manage money for your child. Or if you, you know, had you know, some of your family with special needs that you were leaving them money, you know, you could appoint somebody in your will to manage that money for an individual that couldn't manage it for them. So that's, that's what a will does, right? What property do you have? Where's it going? Do we need people to manage money for the benefit of other people? That sort of thing. Your living will, again, a term hate, um, is, is more of a, a declaration of what type of medical treatment you would want. And so what, what I call that document, it is 
a proper name. It's called an advanced healthcare directive. That the, sounds the, so much better, Courtney. So much better, right? Because it's yes. a directive you make in advance about what you want with your healthcare. So it's like the name makes sense. So I mean, you you but it but you will hear living well. So that that's what that is. Advanced healthcare directive. What do you want at the when um when it comes to medical treatment at the end of your life? What are your wishes, right? Life support. Yes, no. How long you want to be on life support? You know, are you going to be an organ donor? That sort of thing. Um, so that, you know, I think is just a really um, important document to have in place, right? To give number one, you some peace of mind. And then number two, give your family the confidence to make choices for you so that they don't so feel in the dark. Yeah. When do you feel that someone should have that taken care of? Ideally. Yeah. I mean, if you're yesterday, yesterday, Courtney. Yeah. 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 Here's the thing. Like for people out there that aren't married, that like don't own any property, you know, your parents need to be making decisions for you. If you're not cool with that, then you need to get this stuff in line. Um, If you're married and you have children, you need to get it done just, you need to get it done. Right. Cause not only do you name like someone to make decisions for you, but you also name a backup. Right. So if your spouse can't make the decisions for you, who do you want to, to do that? Um, so I, I would encourage, you know, anybody that has children to get in and get these things done. Um, you know, there are, there are default provisions in the law. So if you don't have a lot of property, then maybe it's not as important, but, you know, certainly getting, you know, your, your, advanced healthcare directive, appointing someone to make medical decisions for you, you know, giving a disposition for your, for your body. What do you, you know, do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be buried? That sort of thing. I think that everyone should have those in place. Well, and I think people don't realize it until they're in their position where they're either someone has passed or they're supporting a friend who has someone passed, but it goes long and hard, right? Like when something happens like that. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And having, having your affairs in order, if something were to happen to you, just like really helps your loved ones. I mean, you, you might, some people might out, be out there thinking, you know, like, what do I care? I'm gone. You know, like, what do I care? But if you love your family, if you love your loved ones, having your shit together and packaged up nicely to hand off is, you know, is a, is a wonderful gift you can give your family after you're gone, right? Because they're going to be grieving. It's very emotional. And people get weird, and they're like, "I want the boots. I want no. I want his boots." Or you know what I mean? Totally, totally. So, I've yes, <laughs> yes. I'm in the thick of um that very scenario with yeah. yeah so yeah, so a really interesting case right now. Um, it was a family of six siblings and um, mom and dad left everything to the six, but kind of favored a couple. And we're just going through some, uh, some pretty interesting family drama trying to get their estate sorted out. So, but it, but you know, it helps having the documents from the parents saying, this is what we want. And it's like, this is what they wanted, you know? So even though you may not think it's fair, um, that's the way it is. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's tough. 
And yeah. So you would know? you say, I mean, even if someone didn't have maybe a lot of assets before they wanted to get married, would you still say that they should come talk to a professional? Yes. Yes, I, I, I do. And I know this is probably an unpopular opinion, right? Like you hear the word prenup and you're like, whoa, we're getting married. We're not getting divorced. But um, what a prenuptial agreement, and I'm not saying you have to have a prenuptial agreement. I'm saying you should at least talk to a lawyer about what your rights would be in the event that you do get divorced. Okay. Just so you know. Um, and, um, you can protect what you do have if you want to protect what you do have, or, you know, if that's important to you and and your partner, but what, what that does, right. Is it forces you to have those uncomfortable conversations with your partner about finances, you know, finances is one of the biggest drivers of divorce. Um, you know, you know, whether you, it's overspending or, you know, one person staying at home and one person working and, and, you know, the, the tension that that can create sometimes, um, being up front and talking in realistic terms about your expectations for your financial affairs during your marriage is, is huge, right? It's going to build a position of honesty, of trust, of just, you know, common understanding between the two of you um, entering into something as serious as marriage. Um, so I do think it's important to have a consultation with a lawyer, know what the process is in Colorado so that you're not blindsided if you ever do find yourself in that position. And especially if you are coming into the marriage with um, assets and the other um, person isn't, or whether you, you don't care whether they've got other assets, but say, you know, you have a home and you've bought the home and you worked hard for the home and it's yours, you know, you should know what you need to do to protect that asset in the event that you ever do to get divorced. And it's not, it's not morbid, right. To think about the end, right. It's planning for your future and, and knowing what your rights would be in that situation. Should you ever find yourself in it? Because again, I, right. People yeah. can change. People well, get not only that, it's like, it say if it does get to the end, it's going to save some drama because you're already going to, you're both going to know the correct answer. Exactly. That you didn't hear from your neighbor, well, in their divorce or whatever it may be, or I read it online. It's like, no, we talked to a professional. We both know the fucking answer. So let's not play games. Exactly. 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 And then if you do enter into a prenup too, you know, a prenup is like a business agreement. It's like, I, you know, I have this, you have this during the marriage. This is how we're going to treat this. And then if we ever do split up, you know, the rules are there. You just, you just, you just look and you see, you go back to the rule book and you say, Oh, this is how we're doing it. Um, and well, it can, to be fair, a marriage is a business. <laughs> it, it is. It's a partnership for sure. For you sure. are running finances. You are building things together. The only benefit is you get to have sex with them. <laughs> right, exactly. You don't get to do that at work. <laughs> no, no. And if you do that as a lawyer, you get uh, lose your license. So, <laughs> yeah. and then you need that prenup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point you make. I mean, a marriage is totally a business, um, right? And and that just yeah, like before you get into you go to get in the business with someone, you're going to vet them, right? You're going to have 
a financial disclosure, you know, if you're buying a business or something, you're going to have a period where you talk about how you expect things to run and then what would happen if you eventually want out. And so you should have, you should go into a marriage with that same mindset, right? It's not, it's not like doomsday, right? Well, I'm, we're never going to get divorced. Like, why are we talking about it? Well, you're all statistics, statistics also. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And maybe if you have these open financial conversations before you get into your marriage, you've already done some of the really hard work that people have to do, you know, once they're already in the relationship, you know, if you realize, you know, if one, if one partner has the idea of being a stay at home parent and the other one's like saying, no, not at all. Like that's, 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 that's <laughs> not the life I envisioned for myself. Well, you have that conversation before you enter into a relationship or maybe a kid is involved and, and you can decide whether maybe this isn't right. I think it's hilarious that you say that because I always fight with Andrew all the time. I'm like, I literally let me work full time. You stay at home. And he's like, it is too hard to be the mom. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, if you love and respect someone enough, like why wouldn't you just at least sit down and just know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And to be fair, there's always out of the two, someone is going to be the spender and somebody's going to be the saver. Totally. And you just got to work with it. Exactly. But yeah, having expectations coming into the marriage about how you're going to share finances um, is is just a really important conversation to have. And, you know, especially as a lot of us, right, we're, we're older these days getting into marriage. You know, I think there's this kind of mindset maybe of our generation, maybe younger generation too, that, um, you know, I'm going to work, I'm going to have my career, I'm going to be financially sound. And then maybe I'll pursue a romantic interest. You know, I I feel like that's kind of been a progression lately. And if you're on that track and you, you come into relationship, you know, having some assets, then I mean, you busted your ass for it. Protect those. Right. You know, you don't want to be, you know, married to some, you know, you might love them at the time, but they might be, you know, dead weight and then take half of what you got when you get divorced. Right. You know, you there's there's ways to protect your worth before you enter into a marriage. And it it's it certainly is worth talking about. I'm not saying that a prenup is right for everyone. It's probably not. Um, but it's certainly worth um talking about and at least getting advice from a professional and not just Googling. <laughs> it's like when you go to the doctor, they're like, please don't look this shit up. Yeah, I know, right? Oh my god, the amount of time I've freaking spent on Google with medical things. Yeah, no, it's just better to listen to your doctor, right? I always like when I go in, I'm like, listen, I know I'm not supposed to Google it, but I did. This mm-hmm. is what's going on. <laughs> Ball's in your court now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then half the time they're like, you yeah, know, you don't have that. You're not even close to that. This is what's going on. Stop. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, I mean, that piece of advice too would go for, you know, if you're going to do a will, please don't do it on like legal zoom. Um, you know, I, I think those platforms are a great attempt at making lawyers accessible to people, but the amount of times I've seen people come in with those documents that are just a complete disaster is, is, is too many. You know, this is so which we're say that they're spending the money twice then at this point. Well, yeah, yeah. Done right once. Yeah. Or, you know, you're now in probate court because you didn't do your will right. And now you're paying a lawyer, you know, for probate when 
you shouldn't have ever been in probate, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so, I mean, this is your life, right? You invest in your life. Don't pay the $70 on legal zoom and think that you're going to be getting, you know, something that will hold up in court. Um, so sorry to burst everyone's bubble about that. I know that's probably another unpopular opinion, um, but, you know, spend, spend your money wisely. You know, what's the saying? Like buy cheap, buy twice or something. Yeah. Something like that. Well, and yeah. also too, I feel like, so do you have like an ideal client that you enjoy working with? Mm, that's a good question. Um, like I know when I was looking for a lawyer, I kind of like shopped around a little. And when I met the one that I had, I was like, this is my guy. This we're using him. Boom. That's it. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, that's a good point, right? Is you need to, especially in something like as contentious as a divorce and how, um, how closely you're going to be working with your lawyer, you need to find somebody that you jive with. Um, so I, I do definitely advocate for calling around and talking to different attorneys, getting their opinions, and then, you know, picking, you know, in, you're interviewing essentially, and then picking the one that you think is going to be best fit for you. Um, when, I mean, when it comes to clients, yeah, there have been some people I've turned away. Um, there's certain, there's certain cases I don't take. Um, but then there's also, you know, I guess a certain, I mean, you know, when you meet somebody and you instantly like them, right? Or if you meet somebody, you instantly think, you know, this isn't, we're just not going to jive. Um, that there's been instances like that, you know, of course. Um, and I, I'm honest with myself. I don't take on somebody I wouldn't want to work with just to try to make a buck, right? Because it's, yeah, my mental I, health at work is important too. That's something... I don't know if it's like a good question or not to ask people, but like when I, if it's like a business coach, if it's been a lawyer, anything professionally, I always ask them, do you work with everyone or have you turned people away? Because if they tell me that they've turned people away, I have more trust and more faith in them. That's good to know. You know, I've never heard it from that side. So that's good to know. I think it's just from doing hair and it's like, sometimes people give you something like their idea and I'm like, between your budget and my time, this is not going to work. And our personalities are going to clash for seven hours, and it's just not in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I mean, that's good. That's good that you're able to say no to that. So I was just wondering if it was the same thing in, like, your field. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, um, like, I understand, like I said before, people are coming to me in crisis sometimes. And so if they're emotional or if they're a little bit like, you know, I want to say needy because that's, I feel like this negative term, like some people like, they need help. You say you it. Know? There are some yeah. needy ass people. Well, there are, but like at the same time, it's very understandable why they're being that way. And I know that that's probably not who they are all the time. It's just that, you know, they're in flights. What is it? Flight, fright, or flight, 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 fight, or freeze mode, you know? And so I know I get these people in these circumstances. Um, and so I try to be, you know, gentle and generous when I'm speaking with them. But yeah, there's definitely been some people I'm like, you know, I don't think I can give you 
want um, and I you know, disagree with what you're asking for. So you might be suited with a better attorney. And here's a couple of names of people you could call. Um, that definitely has happened. Um, but I guess my ideal client would be, um, I mean, it depends whether it's a divorce client or um, an estate planning client or a criminal client. Um, I guess for any of those categories, having somebody that's organized and articulate um, is ideal, but I know that's not always the case because of the circumstances in which they come to me. Yeah. Especially when I'm dealing with, um, you know, maybe an abusive or um, manipulative situation. Um, I prosecuted domestic violence offenders for a long time. Um, we've had training in how, um, you know, survivors of domestic abuse present. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm equipped to, to, to handle that type of person as well. Um, you know, while they may not present like an ideal client, you know, I understand what's going on. And so you don't hold that against them. Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty wild. So adults need wills, medical, what was that term? I love it. Advanced healthcare directive. Yes. And yeah. talk to somebody before you get married. Yes. Yes. And talk to your, talk to your, have, you know, sit down and go over your finances with your fiance or prospective fiance before you tie the knot. Yeah. Let's do it before fiance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Finances exactly. before fiances. Yes. I love it. I love it. Talk about it. It's so important. I mean, even because one thing I've learned is throughout my life is when you're not good at something, as soon as you own it and you decide you want to change it, it's so easy. But there's so many times that we kind of shame people into changing and then nothing really gets changed. Right. So even if you love this person, there's room to grow. But let's talk finances first. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, just like your expectations, you know, and. Like, do you have a balance on your credit card? You know, that, that sort of thing, you know, it's just, it's just, you, you will learn a lot from that conversation. Yeah. And then you get to decide from there, like, is this something I want to go through with or not? Right. Mm -hmm. But surprises, like you said, or when you're in crisis is never fun. No. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like you're, you've been married for two and a half years and you're realizing that, you know, the person you married has $60,000 in credit card debt and you know, the bank's coming after the car or whatever. And you're like, what the heck? Yeah. I think. But yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> try to keep it PG. I don't know. <laughs> it says explicit content on the podcast. Oh, perfect. So they say, what the fuck? Okay. That's yeah, what there you go. You know, like, what did I get myself into? So when you were pursuing law did you have any hang-ups or were there any struggles or was it pretty easy for you come natural I guess not easy but did it come natural um it did come naturally surprising surprisingly that 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 surprised me that um it did seem to just like click and make sense for me um I mean law school is not easy it's a lot of work a lot of reading a lot of preparation um you know one thing I have always struggled with which is ridiculous as a lawyer is writing honestly um, like actually like sitting down and putting pen to paper. Like I just have this huge mental block with it. Um, so that is something, you know, I struggled with in law school. I still sometimes struggle with it in practice. Um, 
you know, I don't have like research papers or anything to do anymore, but if I have a challenging motion, you know, I might like have that block, you know, sitting down and actually just getting it done. Um, so, you know, that was tough in law school, you know, like procrastination is pretty easy to do and staying on top of that is so important if you're going through law school, because it can really pile up and be overwhelming. When did you um, decide really that, was there like a moment when you're like, I'm going to be a lawyer? Yeah. So, um, it was in undergrad, I was taking a business law class and I just loved it. And I took another semester, like, a, you know, like, I don't know, business law 102 or something. I don't remember what it was, the second semester. And, you know, I found myself, um, you know, like not arguing with, but like pushing back with my professor a bit, you know, like this is my grades and my answers, you know, I find myself in my office, like arguing for a better grade. And I'm like, who am I? And he was like, have you considered law school? And I was like, no. And he was like, <laughs> I think you should. And I said, yeah, actually this is, this is making more sense. Um, yeah. So I think it was like junior year of undergrad that, that I decided that's what I wanted to do. Um, and I had a really good business law professor who said, you know, like, take a year off, you know, go do something fun and then come back to it. And so that was why I went and did like my Steve on here. Um, well, thank God, because you met Jamie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's a tall hunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't regret following that advice at all, even though it one year turned into three, you know, it was, <laughs> it was great. You know, and then I was you know, the non-traditional student in, in law school is just ridiculous, right? Because I'm, you know, taking three years off between undergrad and graduate school. But um, I, I felt more focused. I feel like had I gone, like, right from undergrad to law school, like, maybe I wouldn't care as much, you know? Well, it's hard to care about really much when you're in your early 20s. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and, like, I've never really been, like, you know, out, like, working, you know, trying to pay all my bills and like yes like I put myself through college you know I worked through college but it's different right when you have a full-time job and you know with all that co comes with you know and you, you don't really realize that until you're out of college and you're like on your own completely um yeah. so I think I was a lot more motivated in law school to you know make make being a lawyer work you know knowing I was working you know I was working like three jobs when I was doing the PSEVM thing and it was a lot you know, so I thought, you know, let's make a career out of this. So I don't have to, you know. Let's not let's do three jobs. Let's do four. Let's yeah, be a mom, right. a business owner, a lawyer, and a wife. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> no one really warned me about that. <laughs> well, I could actually see it. When I saw that you were uh, practicing law, I was like, yeah, I see that. <laughs> well, thank you. That's that's a compliment. Yeah, I always knew you were a tough chick. Thanks. <laughs> Some days I don't feel like it, but it's I, I will accept that compliment. Thank you. Girl, you just got to look at yourself in that headshot with that suit on. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was pretty pleased about that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I was like, damn, I need her photographer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's great. She is great. Well, Courtney, thank you for taking time out of your day today. Absolutely. It was so nice chatting with you. I appreciate it. And maybe we can meet up at the hot springs. Or go yes, we have to. With you being so close and our little ones being so close in age, we we have to. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay. okay. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye.
Find us on Instagram. Your host, Christine Fierce. And Unlight Perfect will be found under Black Pony Culture. You guys already know what to do. Like, comment, subscribe, and share with your motherfucking friends. Bye.